You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. I mean, I think what comes to mind is how much God does love marriage. And marriage is not for every person and individual, but He wants marriages to succeed. And He wants to see husband and wife activated and empowered and in a relationship that reflects His character. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast, continuing our Incorruptible Love series, going through the book of Ephesians. And I'm joined by two special guests who know each other fairly well. We have lead pastor Jose Averroa with us. Jose, thanks for being here. Taylor, good to be here. And we've got Taylor Averroa in the house as well. Taylor, thanks for being here. Always a pleasure to be here. Great name. Glad to have you here. (laughs) We are continuing the series and we're just kind of looking at, we're about to unpack three different roles. And so, Jose, you kind of talked about the first one this past Sunday on marriage before we get into parenting and then even employee in the workplace. So I'd love to give you the first word as always. Uh, Interesting to me how we've been looking at a personal take. Paul says, hey, take off X and put on Y. So now we're looking at our relationships. And it's so crucial when we take care of ourselves, when we put on the things that Jesus is asking us to put on and behave and model our lives after him, that's going to affect our relationships. So he he turns the page here and in talking about the Holy Spirit, he says, also take this posture of submission, uh, trust one another. And, and I think that does a good job introducing this first um, relationship, which is marriage. And I am so glad that my wife can be a part of the podcast too, so that she can enter in her two cents on all of this. Yes. So I'm super excited and let's jump in. We've got uh, five C's that you touched on, Jose. And the first one here is culture. And just, I love how not only does this apply in a marriage, but just even in relationships in general and how you tied in even just what we read and and learned last week, talking about just different pieces of establishing a biblical culture within your family, within your home, within relationships. So things like humility and gentleness and patience and peace. And uh, I feel like for those that like me who aren't married, we still can understand how when you're in a close relationship or you just know someone for a while, at least for me, it's hard. Those are often the hardest ones to continually show humility, peace, patience, and love towards compared to maybe a new person I just met. So I'd love to get y'all's thoughts on just even practically applying this. How do y'all go about maybe not only just uh, modeling this in your own relationship, but even just catching maybe the times where you'll either notice in yourself or maybe in the other that that you're not exactly with uh, upholding a culture, a uh, biblical culture like that. Yeah, I, I think about what you just said and how the m- closer we are to somebody, the more they know us and they know the good and they know the not so good. And so that's hard to uh, sometimes deal with or get over if if there's something that keeps on nagging uh, the other person about, you know, personality trait or or a habit, something like that. But for us, I think about when we were first friends, we really got along well and we didn't share a ton of stuff together. I mean, we weren't hanging out every single day. We hung out often. And uh, one of the things that we always go back to are is competition. We really, really enjoy competing. That may sound like a really bad idea for <laughs> a lot of marriages maybe, but we actually have a lot of fun competing. And, you know, I, I got to tell you, we play a lot of different sports, a lot of different games, but I have never beaten Taylor at horse. <laughs> 
It's there true. you go. You heard it here first, she's, folks. She's got a she's got a killer shot. So I think one of the ways to keep the this culture is to find out something that you enjoy. Um, Sunday night we talked about laughter and marriage and how laughter is such an important ingredient. Um, and it's a choice. Are you going to choose to have fun or are you going to choose to be grumpy and bitter and hold things against them or, or say, of course, you know, this person's doing this or that or my spouse is doing this again. And, and that, that steals that, that joy and, and makes us, yeah, grumpy husbands and grumpy wives. Yeah, I definitely would agree with that. And like, because I said, competing against each other is probably not for every couple (laughs) or even top marital advice. Um, But it is something that we've found that we do enjoy doing. And so I think it is looking at, um, you know, whether that is with your spouse or whether that is with a close friend or a close relationship, what are the things that you enjoy doing together? Maybe that looks like going for a walk. Uh, Maybe that looks like having a cup of coffee or reading a book together and talking about it. Um, It can look a a bunch of different ways, but finding those things you enjoy and kind of building your culture around those things to where you can keep some of those attributes that you mentioned alive. Yeah, that's that's so good. Let's keep it going here. Jump to number two, consideration. And kind of the tagline here you had, Jose, was just to trust one another. Mm-hmm. You mentioned this from the top, just this idea of submit and how we're going to look at that in the next three different relationships. So starting with marriage and then parenting and then employees. But uh, but but I like how you, I just wrote down a few quick points on this, but just the idea that not only is submission an important ingredient for all relationships, but typically it comes with a negative connotation. And so mm-hmm. one of the things that you already started, started to introduce was this concept of trust. Trust. And so, uh, again, we could probably talk a whole podcast right, about right. this as far as what yeah, this looks like right. practically. But but what are some ways that not only have y'all learned to trust each other, but maybe just continue that over time? Because again, the longer you're with someone, I feel like you have the more opportunities to right. not trust someone based on mm-hmm. everything going on. So how do you kind of maintain that trust, both in your relationship, but just with others as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this morning in my community group, someone uh, said that they were told for these two uh, verses, verse 22, when it talks to wives, and then verse 25, when it talks about husbands, um, take that literally. If you're the husband, read the husband part. And if you're the wife, read the wife part. Husband, don't worry about the wife part. Worry about the husband part. You know, love your wives sacrificially as Jesus loved the church. And then um, wives, focus on the wife part. Uh, Submit yourselves to your husbands as you do to the Lord. So do it for the Lord. Don't do it for your husband. And that put things into perspective because we are different. And in marriage, we're we're called to complement one another, not to Mm -hmm. compete, even though we do enjoy competing recreationally. Or completing. Um, Or completing. Right. Yeah, that's that's, that's so good. And um, for me, in in terms of considering Taylor and trusting Taylor, the more I know her, the more I appreciate, I'm going to talk to you, the more I appreciate you, the more that I uh, love how God made you. So instead of trying to change Taylor and some of her habits and things that I may want to change in my flesh, I appreciate how God made you. And uh, 10 years, almost going on 10 years of marriage, I, I think I'm only scratching the surface on getting to know you and um, continuing to grow our, our marriage in that way. 
And I think with trust, too, it requires honesty. And yeah. I know we'll get there when we talk about communication, but to in order to build trust, it has to be built on honesty. And so being honest with where we're at, being honest about how we feel, um, and the things that we're you know doing and excited about, and um, all of that stuff has to be an important component of tr- of trust. And if there's not honesty, then take a couple steps back and get to the place where there can be honesty. Yeah, that's that's really good. That's good. Okay, so number three here we have commitment, and the tagline here is to choose one another sacrificially. Um, one thing I loved, Jose, you brought up just the idea, this concept of the one or the one right. and only, and mm-hmm. I think even just beyond that too, from a culture standpoint, uh, and this just goes with with anything in the world that, but just the idea that the the spouse is for me, like it's it's you know the spouse is out there to fulfill or satisfy my needs or my desires, and so that of course trickles into all aspects of that relationship. So as we look at this and just even biblically, and I love how looking at even Mark 10 and just how Jesus' example of this, Jesus wasn't married, but Jesus' example here that uh, he came to serve and not be served and just having that posture in a marriage, but also just in any relationship here, uh, it is countercultural. And so how do y'all go about maybe just... um, zoning out or ignoring those kind of constant, I'm sure maybe just cultural temptations. I know for me, not married, but still in friendships and relationships where it's easy to just want things to be about me or use other people for things that I want for. So so how do y'all go about just kind of rewiring that and even maintaining that in your in your day to day? Well, I wash Taylor's feet twice a day. That, that's that's <laughs> wow. how I do that. Wow. Well, I don't know about that, <laughs> but I do first want to say that, you know, I, I would think a lot of people listening are probably in a a lot of different life seasons. Mm-hmm. So we have people that are not married, people that are married, about to be married, have been married for 50 mm-hmm. plus years, um, and people that have experienced a lot of pain, mm-hmm. either because of a broken marriage or having family members that have experienced a broken marriage. And so I think, you know, kind of that whole idea and it's, you know, you see it in the media, you see it in movies, you read books, it's, it's everywhere of like the one and the soulmate. And I do think that there is wisdom and a lot of discernment and who the person is that you are going to commit and make a covenant with to spend your life here on earth with. Um, But I also know that that can come with a whole lot of pressure. And you almost get sidetracked by trying to find the one or the person or this ideal image. Yeah, or just chasing the emotion. Um, And so rather than getting there, I think keeping it at a... you know, marriage is a covenant and it does require commitment. Um, and so that means that every day I am committed to my marriage with Jose. And even when I don't really want to be around him, I'm still <laughs> committed. Or here in the times when it's really easy and really fun, I stay committed. Um, and so there is an aspect of that that is a choice. Um, and also, that sometimes you get in really deep waters, and so not being afraid to get help yeah. to get back out of those deep waters, and while you stay committed with each other. Yeah, and love is an action. It's not. It's not just uh, saying mm-hmm. I love you, although um, that's important. You should mm-hmm. communicate that with your words, but communicating commitment with what you do and how you serve, mm-hmm. um, you know, your spouse. So, you know, Jesus in the. Uh, 
Sermon on the Mount said, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing, you know, when you give. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a really good principle to practice in your marriage. Don't let your wife know. Don't let your husband know how you are serving them. Just serve them. You know, hey, uh, did you, and I do this sometimes too. I walk in like, hey, did you, you know, notice I vacuumed? Did you notice the dishes are are, are clean? Did you notice that I wiped the surfaces? And and that's just, uh, you know, uh, uh, something that I do not that much, but I should more so serve without uh, saying anything. And I think that's what really enriches a marriage, that type of selfless uh, service. Yeah, and I think it ties back to those verses on um, submitting to each other yeah. and doing unto the Lord as or as you would do unto the Lord. Um, and I think, you know, marriage gives us a beautiful example of how we can do that in a, in a relationship. That's great. Those are great thoughts. Okay, let's jump to number four here, and that is communication. And so, Jose, you put on here naked and unashamed, Mm -hmm. and so much to just unpack here as far as vulnerability and something that uh, you mentioned, Jose, just needing to that you need to take care of and tend to in a marriage. And um, so, yeah, there's a lot we can unpack here. I think one that I'd love to just maybe point out that, Jose, you had two questions. You said, what does it look like to make marriage the safest place? So that was kind of a rhetorical question, but I'd love to get y'all's thoughts on that. And then the second part, when it comes to addressing the hurt that can come from vulnerability. And so you asked, Mm -hmm. how can I open myself up again? There may be people that are wondering, how do I open open myself up again after being hurt through being vulnerable? So those are two really, I think, loaded but important questions to get to. So maybe just starting with the first one here, which what does it look like to make marriage uh, the safest place? You know, uh, in Ephesians 4 earlier, um, it says, let no unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth, but only that which is good for building up, that it may give grace to the listeners. So, you know, putting that into the context of marriage, my words towards Taylor, uh, am I wanting to build her up? Am I wanting to build our marriage up? Or am I trying to get my way in, in an argument or, or tear her down and, you know, make it an I told you so or you were wrong, that type of thing. And we have to, we have to be really aware of where, where we're at, how we're feeling, what our intentions are, and uh, do some digging and then make sure that we are taking care of that with the Lord first. And then we're communicating words that build up with, with our with our. Um, spouse. So that's that's how we've learned in the last few years more so mm-hmm. um, how to deal with conflict and not uh, worry about those unwholesome words, but really uh, talk about the heart of the issue and then going towards um, building each other up with the words that we say. You know, my growing up, my dad um, taught our family a phrase that was lack of communication leads to vain imagination. Mm -hmm. And so when there's a lack of communication between two people, you can be quick to make assumptions or judgments or just even imagine in your own head what the other person is thinking or feeling or coming from. <laughs> and I I mean, it's so easy to do that with a friend or even a stranger. Um, they look at you the wrong way and you're like, oh, well, you know, they must be <laughs> thinking this. And really, we're just making assumptions about what they're thinking or feeling. Um, and I think that, you know, in marriage and with Jose, we have learned and are learning how to have that communication yeah. first right. and then and it creates safety because then we're not imagining right. what each other are thinking or feeling. We're just telling each other, I feel this. And it's important that you speak for yourself <laughs> and 
So I speak for myself and Jose speaks for himself and not trying to speak for the other spouse, but let them be able to do that for themselves. That's good. Okay, so this second part here about vulnerability and responding to that hurt as far as like, what would that look like as far as just even outside of a marriage? Just there's times where we've all experienced hurt from being vulnerable. And so it's, at least in my experience, it's hard because uh, safe friends may seem few and far between. And so, and yet I think about just my own personal flesh and nature is as soon as someone's hurt me, it's like, I want to put up the walls. I want to just kind of just not even towards them, but just anybody. And so how do you just kind of continually live in the light and just live in a way that you're open to confessing and just being honest and vulnerable. I'm glad you uh, brought up walls because that's how you do it. You don't build walls, you put down or set boundaries and uh, you build up trust with time. Uh, there's a difference between forgiveness and trust. So Jesus calls us to forgive. That's the first step. And that's when we let go of the offense. Um, and then, you know, how do we work on rebuilding or reconciling that relationship? Oftentimes, that takes a lot of time and that takes really healthy boundaries for us to set and put down. And uh, I would really recommend if you are someone where you feel that so deeply right now, just make sure that you have someone that's safe that's walking alongside you. You are not the only person. I mean, Taylor and I can spend multiple hours talking about ways that we have hurt one another. Uh, Other people have hurt us. We've hurt other people. I mean, we're all humans and we fall short and we all have our insecurities and we all say things that we shouldn't. And, And the important part is that, A, we personally heal from our wounds so that we don't repeat the pattern. And then B, we work on uh, being, uh, you know, those that are doing a ministry of reconciliation. That's what Jesus has called us to, uh, towards. And so uh, if that's you, whether it's community group, whether it's uh, putting a prayer request through PMT, whether that is an email to any of the pastors, someone that you know that's safe, uh, reach out and, and don't walk that road alone. Yeah, and I'd also add that, you know, keeping in mind that there are three elements that can play into some of that, and that's grace, truth, and time. And so whether that is a marriage relationship or whether that is a a friendship or a parent relationship or whatever dynamic that is there, that having grace, speaking the truth, and building trust over time— Um, all are really important. And I'd also encourage you, if you are in that place of hurt and of brokenness, um, sometimes we get so stuck there that we forget step one of praying. Mm. And so turn to God and let Him in on that brokenness. Mm. And yes, find someone safe that can walk that road with you so you don't walk that alone or isolated. That's really good. That is. That is. And then we're going to cap things off with number five, which is covenant and um, just the idea here of reflecting God's love in a marriage. And I love just how, um, Jose, one of the things you mentioned was just this idea that marriage is a picture of heaven and how God just designed marriage very intentionally and very specifically. And and I think it's um, it's really neat as you begin to explain that and just the picture of God's love for us, because I think going back to just the idea of culture and just fantasizing a lot of like what marriage could look like. It's like God did design it to be this wonderful and amazing thing. And so we may think of it more on the side of what we get out of it or just all that goes with that. But really from a biblical standpoint, it's just a picture of God's love for us. And so I'd love to get y'all's thoughts just on what this looks like uh, just in your own lives as far as just remembering the covenant that God has and just maybe how you've seen that in your own marriage and how God's 
grown your relationship with him through each other. Yeah, a story came to mind as you were asking that question, Taylor, of us in D.C., uh, first year of marriage, probably first few months. Mm -hmm. And we had a big, big argument. And this was right when we were recognizing, man, we are way different. I mean, we loved one another. We had a great friendship. But once you start living with someone 24-7... You start to notice more things about him. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And so my expectations were that Taylor would respond differently to my communication. And if you know anything about my communication, I'm, I'm intense. I, I actually don't let up on uh, when there's a problem, I want to fix it right then and there. So I was pummeling Taylor with, you know, something's wrong. What's going on? Tell me how you're feeling. And well, the tone wasn't that harsh. I'll give it to you. But yes, I did feel pummeled because I need time and I need yeah. to be able to think um, about what I'm feeling to be able to respond. So uh, we were, it was after church, remember, Sunday morning. We were, I can tell you exactly, we are <laughs> 8th Street and Pennsylvania Avenue Southeast. And uh, we were turning the corner on Pennsylvania going um, uh, t- direction towards the Capitol. <laughs> that is uh, west. And we we uh, were at this point in the argument where it was really awkward. And I looked at her and I remember feeling so mad. And that's exactly what I said. I said, I am so mad at you. I, I, feel, I feel angry. And she looked at me and said, well, I'm angry at you too. <laughs> and the fact that we both felt the same thing was actually comforting because we were actually on the same page. And I or you, I think I crossed the street to the other side. And so we walked the same way on the opposite sides of the street. And then it only took us a block or two to realize how foolish the argument was and how small of a deal it was. And so we got, you know, went on the same side and, and, and figured it out. Here's, here's my point in covenant. Covenant is not a contract. Marriage is forever. A covenant is forever. God's love for us is forever. He is so committed that Jesus died on the cross for us. And so for us that are married, uh, this ring that you have as a symbol of the covenant that you made is a reminder. It's a never-ending circle. persevere. Don't let the differences cut in and then lead you to uh, the decision that this marriage is, is is contractual. It's not a contract. It's meant to be forever. And uh, again, outside of the gospel, outside of knowing God's love, it gets really hard when, when, when uh, pain arises and we say things that hurt one another. Um, but really, covenant is the picture of us being God's wife, though, or the church, the bride of Christ. It's not a popular thing for men to say out loud, but it's biblical and it's true. We are seen as his bride and we are to model that love in our marriages. Taylor, would you pick up on, add anything to that as far as just the, the concept of covenant and just our covenant relationship with God? Yeah, I mean, I think what comes to mind is how much God does love marriage and he does want, it's marriage is not for every person and yeah. individual, but he wants marriages to, to succeed. And he wants to see husband and wife um, activated and yeah. empowered and in a relationship that reflects his character. And so I think that if you, you, know, you find yourself not there, don't wait. Don't wait till the waters get too high that you can't get out. Um, get help now. That can be like 
prayer, having someone pray with you and for you. That can be talking to a friend or a pastor, counselor, you know, or you know, yeah. find a find a marriage counselor who can really walk with you through those. They're professionally trained to do that. Um, and so find somebody that can advocate for the both of you um, as you navigate those waters. Yeah, so good, so good. Jose, I'd love to give the final word as we wrap up this week, talking about marriage and look forward to the yeah, weeks ahead. Yeah, we're, we're, we're talking about things in order. So we talked about Jesus and, and putting on and taking off and, and modeling him. And now we're talking about the most important relationship on earth because it models God's love for us, which is marriage. And then we'll talk about this, this other one, parenting. Really important, marriage comes first, parenting comes second, and then come our... Um, work relationships and relationships uh, with, with others as we uh, yeah continue on. I'm excited to see what God shows us. All right. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.